I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics, where we keep the rationalist community informed about what's going on outside of the rationalist community. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Ineash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 82. We're recording on May 8th, 2023. So you should be hearing it on May 9th, 2023. And if you're not, give us money and then you will be. We've got some feedback from last episode from Elvon on the Discord. Eniash, what did Elvon have to say? Elvon had two things to say, but the first thing he had to say was that actually the FAA investigating SpaceX is routine after an explosion like that. It is expected and it is nothing to worry about. So no big deal, guys. They'll be flying things again soon. All right. And I'm skeptical about this just because it's the government and yeah. they all hate Elon Musk now. Mm. Uh, so we'll see, but uh, good to get that perspective out there, I guess. Also, can I just point out that if he's correct, then this is also bad. In fact, I would argue it's worse. Why is that? Because if it's just a routine thing that the FAA investigates every single time an aircraft doesn't work perfectly, then that goes a long way to explaining why aerospace innovation is largely stagnated in america that's a good point well i think that is the case so uh i definitely believe that all right what else did elvine have to say well elvine also said that there is not in fact a supermassive black hole three times the size of our galaxy no and we're putting this in as an eniash was wrong eniash was wrong about this yes uh the (laughs) elvine said the linked article at goodnewsnetwork.com does indeed state that the black hole is three times the size of our fucking galaxy and since we all know that the goodnewsnetwork.com is a very reputable and reliable source of truth i like to do no more digging (laughs) uh elvine then actually did do more digging because apparently the largest recorded um, black holes are the size of the solar system, not the galaxy. So this is Im- unimaginably larger. Uh, yeah, as it turns out, the black hole was merely the mass of 20 million suns and the contrail that, you know, gases and stars strung up behind it was two times the diameter of the Milky Way. So uh, that was incorrectly reported and then incorrectly repeated by me. But in my defense, I will believe almost anything about space and insects. You tell me yeah. anything about either of those two things, and I'll be like, sure, might as well be true. Yeah, so the interesting thing about this black hole was that it was going so fast that it was like dragging this contrail of suns. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing that was like unimaginably huge, that was yeah. twice the size of the, the galaxy. Yes. The black hole itself, much smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, right. I also want to give myself a quick David was wrong because I remember thinking that that sounded implausible and I didn't say anything because I don't know. I decided not to. And that was a bad (laughs) decision on my part. We're supposed to be better than that. So, I will try to do better. We'll put that down as a David was cowardly. (laughs) But now we have a rare David was right. What? They're not that rare. (laughs) I mean, I mean, sure. Um, It's rare that you choose to call me out on it. (laughs) Remember when we were talking about gas stoves and. The government was out there saying, uh, look, nobody's planning on banning gas stoves. This is all just your hype over nothing. And then David was like, that means they're definitely going to ban gas stoves. Well, it turns out David was right because New York 
came out with new regulations this week banning gas stoves in new construction. Boo. Don't boo me when I'm right. No, I'm booing New York. David's <laughs> yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was just a bit. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm booing you, David. <laughs> uh, but don't worry. Uh, don't worry. We still have a David was wrong. This is a Wes and David were wrong um, because we were both we both uh, in successive weeks commented on this in the same way. Um, Alec Baldwin recently had his charges against him dropped. Uh, for the incident where he shot the guy on the set of the movie because it came out that, in fact, the gun that he used had been modified and could possibly have fired without pulling the trigger. Hmm. What dumb fuck modified the gun that way? <laughs> I don't know, but we were Why so confident. Why would you confident. do that? We're like, obviously he pulled the trigger. In what universe could this happen where the gun fired and he didn't pull the trigger? And apparently, some moron modified the gun to make it so you could fire without pulling the trigger. It's one of those prank guns where your friends will just randomly fire it from, uh, you know, with a remote from a distance. <laughs> oh, good God. So, uh, sorry, Alec Baldwin. We, uh, we were pretty merciless against yeah. you. And it turns out um, y- you were maybe possibly telling the truth. Yeah, I, I endorse that phrasing because... Just because the gun could fire without the trigger being pulled, it doesn't mean it did. I can't imagine a use case where you want that. Do you want that to be an ability on a movie set, or 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 just like in general? <laughs> I'm totally updating my probability here because I can't. Like I was just blowing my mind that he was out there being like, "I didn't pull that trigger. I would never pull that trigger." I thought that was the dumbest possible thing he could say. Um. And, like, now knowing this, I'm like, I I think the only reason he would say that is because he actually didn't pull the trigger. Yeah, no, I think he would say anything that (laughs) he thought would work to get someone other than him blamed. And it just so happened that he stumbled into uh, one plausible lie. I just feel like that was so unlikely to work that that if he was just, like, making shit up, it would have been very stupid. Also, like, doing... Does the court ruling or whatever specifically say what modifications were made? Or is, like, this possibly just a case where his lawyers were bullshitting and the court believed them? Um, no, I've seen... I saw from, like, several sources that the gun had been modified. Um, I'm not a gun guy, so I didn't really pay attention to what the modification was. Hmm. Um... Well, I'm uh, not paying attention to news, guy. So if you see one of those, uh, again, send it my way, and I'll let you know if it checks uh, out. Again, David, I'm so I'm so glad we have you on our news podcast. According to this You're article welcome. that you linked, the uh, the Colt 45 revolver had worn joints, and the trigger control was not functioning properly. Were they using an old shitty gun, or did they distress the gun on purpose for you know uh, effect? For the movie? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, either way, very stupid. Yes. So somebody in this situation was being very stupid, but it's possibly not Alec Baldwin. All right. The now gun... on to new news. Uh, Wes, can I interrupt you real quick because of no. this in crazy, crazy shit I just read? Oh, God. Okay, we've got breaking news from crazy shit Inyash just read. 
The gun fired in testing only one time, without having to pull the trigger, when the hammer was pulled back and the gun broke in two different places. The <laughs> FBI was unable to fire the gun in any prior test, even when pulling the trigger, because it was in such poor condition. Jesus wow, fucking gun. Christ. God, what the fuck, man? That was not, in fact, breaking news. No. Very old news. But breaking right. for us. Sorry, go Anyway, ahead. we do not need to talk about Alec Baldwin anymore. We have already talked about Alec Baldwin way too much. Yeah. So we're going to move on to important news, like Disney getting sued. Or no, I'm sorry. Ron DeSantis getting sued <laughs> by Disney. Uh, which actually is important because uh, I have been waiting for this to happen because Ron DeSantis has been out there, like, fucking with Disney with the law and specifically saying he's doing it because they criticized his, his uh, law that he introduced. Um, and there is no question, like, what his motivation was. Yeah. And that is very unconstitutional. <laughs> you cannot use the power of government to punish a, a business for political speech. One assumes that Meatball Ron was hoping that he was going to be elected president before these chickens came home to roost. And naturally, with him being a Republican, he ascribes to the Donald Trump, all presidents are illegal or are immune from prosecution or suit uh, theory of jurisprudence. Yeah, mm. I mean, it, could, it, it would still work out for him if it was an actual popular thing he was doing. Um, because it's not like... When you sue the government, you sue an official personally, but you sue them in their official capacity. So it's not like Ron DeSantis is going to have to write a check. It's the state of Florida. Bummer. And, you yeah. know, Ron DeSantis is only the governor of Florida. He doesn't actually give a shit about the state. So who cares? Um, the problem is this is I don't think this is popular. Like, I think Ron DeSantis versus Disney like Disney is going to win that if it's a popularity contest. People like Disney. <laughs> People and don't like Ron DeSantis so much. No. I'm yeah, I'm not sure. Like people like Disney products, but I don't think they like the Walt Disney Corporation. Yeah, but they like Disney World, which is like specifically where he's picking the fight here. That's they fair. They don't have to like Disney, they just have to like Disney more than Ron DeSantis. I mean, but people really do like Disney. It's a very popular company. And they've got Star Wars and Marvel. Yeah. It's like they're like the most popular company in, in the country. The order of things that happened here was that Disney criticized the Don't Say Gay bill. Ron DeSantis tried to revoke their special municipal status, specifically saying it was because of their criticism. Um, then we, we covered this part. He backed off when he realized that that would involve the state of Florida taking on Disney's massive debt. Mm -hmm. um, then DeSantis got a law passed that let him replace the members of the board overseeing the district. Then the outgoing board signed a bunch of contracts, basically ceding all of their authority <laughs> to Disney. And that was a really fun part of this contract, which is that um, a contract for uh, uh, that, that touches on property. There's something called the rule against perpetuities, which means you can't encumber a property forever. It has to. You can only encumber a property until I think it's 21 years after. A, a person who is currently alive dies. What is encumbering a property? Uh, like putting an easement on it or a mortgage or uh, any kind of contract that stays with the property. Okay. That, that prevents what somebody else can do with that property. Um, and they named as the, the life 
to to, <laughs> to measure the the length of the contract by. It was like one of the princes of England who's like three years old or something. Oh, nice. <laughs> so basically, it's going to be like a hundred years that this lasts. Unless that this goes board and takes is not going to have prince. any power to do anything. Um, and then the new board came in and was like, those contracts are void and unenforceable. We're just throwing those away. Hmm. Which also extremely unconstitutional, even if it was for a good reason. Hmm. There's a whole clause right in the Constitution that's like the fe- the government cannot interfere with contracts. It's called the Contracts Clause. Neat. I mean, legally speaking, would this be the government interfering with contracts? Yes. Or would it be the board members who, you know, are government appointees, but that seems like the kind of bullshit that might give someone an end run around the rule? No, that's state action. Very clearly state action. We'll find out okay, when cool. this lawsuit comes to... What, is the lawsuit about that specifically, or is it about something else? It's about all of it. Oh, okay. They've sued basically saying, like, everything that, the, that we just talked about, that the state of Florida did, is impermissible um, retaliation for political speech mm-hmm. and also void under the contracts clause. Excellent. And they're going to win. There's no way they're going to lose this one. So, and yeah, I think, I think Ron was just trying to like look tough and he never planned on winning this because there's no way he could. And I, I just don't know why Disney waited so long. I want him to sue the, from the very beginning. They were like, nah, we got it. Well, taking on having someone else take on all of Disney's debt, not a bad deal for them. Yeah, right? It's funny, though, because they definitely had this uh, ready to go, like, in the tank, because they filed it, like, five hours after the board came in and was like, these contracts are void. Oh, cool. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll update when that gets resolved, but it will probably not go well for the state of Florida. Yep. All right, David, what's going on in Russia? Uh, well, depends on who you believe. Uh, <laughs> if you believe Russia state media, then Which I always Ukra- do. then Ukrainian operatives uh, attempted to assassinate uh, Vladimir Putin by flying an explosive drone onto the roof of the Kremlin. Those bastards! <laughs> yep. Uh, if you believe the reports of your senses, uh, these drones failed to... Uh, significantly damaged the roof, never mind anyone or anything inside, uh, and didn't even, like, destroy the flag whose pole they blew up next to. So one would have to believe that these Ukrainian agents believed that not only was Vladimir Putin uh, on the rooftop (laughs) at the time of this attack, but that he would respond to a strange drone flying up to him by trying to catch it in order for this quote-unquote assassination attempt to be successful. Oh my god, they got it on video. Wow, that's pathetic. Uh, Slightly more plausible story is that Russia staged this as a false flag to try to, you know, make common Moscovites afraid of Ukraine, question mark? Um, Yeah, but the biggest problem with the false flag story is... I'm just not sure what the fuck the false flaggers would be thinking trying to do that. Um, It could just be some incompetent Ukrainian sympathizer in Moscow, right? Or it could just be some really incompetent, um, um, fuck, whatever the agency that replaced the KGB is called. So, you know. I think if a drone actually 
came in and like blew up one of the big onion bulbs on the Kremlin, that would probably galvanize public opinion in in Russia somewhat. More likely to support the uh, whole war thing. I mean, police action or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, uh, yeah special probably. military operation. Special military <laughs> operation. Yes, the three-day-long special military operation. <laughs> <laughs> what are we on? Day two now? These are biblical uh, days. Year two. <laughs> biblical days. All right, and uh, what else? What else going on in Russia? Um, this is not that big a deal, but I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, Russia has these hypersonic missiles that they're saying are like completely uh, thirty years ahead of any um, any uh, Western air interceptor systems that could potentially shoot them down oh no uh, and like it the if there was ever a war with nato then their hypersonic missiles would blow up the washington dc and london and paris and everything before uh the nato troops could even get their boots on it etc etc and Sounds um, bad. very bad yeah uh u.s has finally delivered a patriot anti-air missiles to ukraine and they immediately started shooting down these uh much hyped hypersonic russian missiles Hmm. ah shucks well better luck next time russia yeah the 90s patriot or is there a new souped up patriot Um, i mean i think they're constantly yeah oh okay it's uh you know it's it's like the uh like the the honda accord they get a new model every year Ah, okay makes sense okay all right well here's something that uh, has probably affected your life. The Hollywood writers are striking again. Yay! Ugh. Um, you would cheer, you fucking writer. No, it's it's because I, as a <laughs> consumer, I am looking forward to a lot of awesome, innovative, cool new things. Like uh, when we got uh, Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog last time, or I'm fucking Matt Damon. Uh, Dr. Horrible was great. Yeah. It, the Patriots been in service since 1981. Continue. Oh, wow. All right. Um. So... As of right now, all that's really happening is all the late night shows are have shut down because they write a new one every basically every night. Mm-hmm. Um, script, scripted shows are not currently getting new scripts, but it'll be a while till they shut down. Um, the dispute is basically about money. The writers want more money. Um, they want increased minimum compensation, so basically like a higher minimum wage. Uh, they want they want uh, protection from AI. Yeah. They don't want AI to be allowed to write anything. And most importantly, they don't want AI to take the highly uh, highly pay coded jobs like primary writer, and then hire a bunch of human writers to come in and clean up that script into something more usable because the cleanup writers are paid a lot less than the person who or the AI who wrote the initial script. Yeah. And so the thing they're pissed off about is they put out this uh, document about how writers are struggling. And it makes the claim that median writer pay has decreased by 23% uh, in the past five years if you adjust for inflation. And has a 4% absolute decrease. Um, They claim 98% of staff writers and about half of all writers are working for the union minimum contract. Which, to me, is not a mark in their favor. Okay. Yeah, seems like the union's not doing a very good job. Well, it's not that. But it's like, if if half of workers in America were working for minimum wage, that means the minimum wage is too high. Like, there's so much value that people could be creating yeah. 
um, that they're just they're not allowed to be paid to create because it's not up to the certain threshold. Um, like minimum wage is supposed to be like the bare minimum, and if if ninety eight percent of your like entry level staff is working for that, and half of all the writers are working for that, like it's too high. That's you should be able to pay them less, and then you could hire way more writers. I I don't know. I, I the whole thing seems kind of silly to me because people love writing. People write for free all the time, and. I understand wanting to do what you love and get paid for it, but also I don't get paid for fucking, you know? Like, <laughs> it's, um, it's, it's, I guess if you got a, a union, you can, you can make weird demands. Like, you should pay me for the thing I love doing anyway. I mean, yes. Like, if, <laughs> if these people, if, um, the Hollywood producers, whoever it was, wanted to get a script and could not get the script unless they paid a high amount of money, they would pay that high amount of money because they want the script. It's just that people yeah. are willing to work for a lot less than that. And I guess the, the union people don't want other people working for less than that amount. And okay, I guess, you know, prevent other people from getting the jobs they want because you think they're working for too little. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how unions do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is why I always say, like, unions are great for the people in the union and end up only screw people who aren't in the union, which is everybody else. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, <laughs> that's, my, that's my general anti-union rules, uh, my, my general anti-union attitude, because um, I'm, you know, not in most unions. Yeah. Um, I'm not in any unions, although the Bar Association. The Bar Association is a union. Yeah. That is and absolutely. I love, <laughs> I love my cartel industry. <laughs> it's great for me and screws over everybody else. Yeah, it does. Um, but like, uh, I get some. So w- remember what you just said about, you know, people writing for free. Mm-hmm. Did you know union members can't do that? What, they can't have blogs and shit? Uh, no, well, they can't write for anyone else to use. What do you mean they can't do that? Like, if I... Well, the union will kick them out. Oh, okay. Um, I only know... I'm assuming this is true. I know SAG is like this um, because I used to produce plays, and uh, that wasn't even SAG. It was like there's a different union for stage actors, but they all have the same rules. Hmm. And it's basically like you can do, you know, like three shows that are like union grade before you join the union. Um, And then... If, you, if you're in the union, you cannot act for free. You just can't do it. They'll kick you out of the union. Uh, and I used to produce plays with all volunteer actors. And so anyone who was in the union or trying to get in the union, like, couldn't do, couldn't do my shows. Damn. And it was really annoying. That's terrible. Even if they wanted to. Yeah. They wanted to be like, oh, that sounds fun. But, oh, can't. Mm. You know, we can't be in this, like, 60-person theater that no one's going to see because... That it would be bad for the union. Yeah, I mean, then you would be uh, you'd be getting paid less than than they want people getting paid. Um, the reason they're getting less money is that streaming shows are making shorter seasons. I don't know if you guys remember this, but TV shows used to make twenty four episodes a season. I do remember that. Yes, I have not seen. I think the last show I saw that had a twenty four episode season was Supernatural, and that was like a weird outlier. Um, Wait, I haven't seen a 24-episode season other than that in, like, a decade. But don't writers work less if there's less episodes? Yes, and then they get paid less. So they want to get paid more for working less? Yes. 
I mean, yes. I also want to get paid more for working less. I guess I can't, <laughs> in, in can't Yash, fault these them. Pe- these people are also worried that AI will steal their jobs, and their response to this is to stop doing their jobs. <laughs> these are perhaps not the sharpest tools we're dealing with here. I mean... I don't think the AI can do it now. Certainly so not. if they're gonna if they're gonna strike, now's the time. Yeah. Um, they're also a lot of shows are using what's called mini rooms, which is apparently like the union required a certain number of writers per writers room. Um, and now they're using mini rooms, which require fewer writers. Um and there's also just shows don't really go into syndication anymore, um, which writers would get compensated for. So I read these things and I'm like, okay, writers are less valuable now. So they're getting paid less. Yes. Um, what, and what I also have not been able to find out, and I've looked for this, is the, are the aggregate numbers. Because the union's complaining about median salaries. But what I want to know is, how, what's the total expenditure on union writing staff? And my suspicion is that it's gone up. Because there's way more stuff getting written now. Um, and it's only, you know, six to 12 episodes per season, but there's like 10 times the amount of shows getting produced. Mm. So what my suspicion is, is the median writers getting paid less, but there's way more writers working now. But I, I can't confirm that because I can't find these numbers. If anyone out there can find out what, like, if there's, if there's more writers now, let us know. All those English lit grads got to go do something. Right? But more, it's like there's this endless demand for content, mm-hmm. and, and, and the streaming services are just cranking it all out. I mean... Someone's writing it. Yeah. The, there's, there's a huge supply of writers. Yeah. Um, so I, I suspect what's happening is the pie is actually growing. It's just getting divided up among more people, which, and that's the actual reason writers are making less. Uh, but I don't know. If you haven't gathered, I don't think any of us are very sympathetic to the writers here. I'm a little sympathetic. It would be very nice to, you know, make a living writing. It's just not realistic. I mean, they've been doing it up until now. Sure, but yeah. I'm not at all sympathetic. Learn to do math and get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that makes me unsympathetic is that none of these streaming services actually make money. <laughs> yeah, that too. The, these writers are demanding money that doesn't exist. Yeah, they're like, they're like corporate profits are up, um, but like not not from you, <laughs> not from the thing you're doing. Uh, this is this is very much a like we're still in the phase where everyone's trying to like grab market share and not not worrying too much about profits. So nobody's making any. I just, I don't know. I don't want to see the profession become yet another guild where you suck off the union and get some money and then no one actually cares about being good at their craft anymore. I mean, people people have to care because good writers are going to get more work. That's just going to be independent of the union. Well, yeah, the, the good writers don't have to worry about the union. Right. Yeah, it, it's everybody else. Yeah, it's like whatever Hacks uh, wrote the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Those guys need the union. Exactly. And that's why I'm not too thrilled with the whole union thing. I don't necessarily want those guys getting paid more. Um, But, like, what would they do without the union? I feel like... I don't know. know. Plumbing? I mean, somebody... They'd probably just do the same job. They'd just get paid less. Well, no. Plumbers are also unionized, mostly. Especially in California. 
Fair enough. I mean, if you're if you're smart enough to actually be a decent writer, you're smart enough to do just about any basic office job. I mean, most of those jobs are also bullshit, though. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. Fair enough. Mm. All right, next story. Uh, since we were talking about uh, the porn industry. Ah, yes. Eniaj, what's the porn news? The porn news is that there's no more porn in Utah. No! <laughs> or, well, specifically, there's no more Pornhub in Utah. Uh, there, oh, man, that would suck if I lived in Utah. <laughs> Just, you know, it's interesting. Right after David moved to Utah, they got rid of porn in Utah. Yeah. <laughs> David was using all of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they didn't actually get rid of it. You just need to make an account and then, um, like, connect your account to your driver's license so that you're age verified. Um, so it's not technically a ban, but both I and everyone I know uh, has been like, no, I'm not going to do that. So. Uh, so there actually is a ban, but it was Pornhub who banned Utah. Yes. Because <laughs> por- Pornhub said, fuck this shit. There's no way we can comply with this in a way that is is feasible. And so Pornhub specifically said that they are blocking all the Utah um, addresses. Yes, addresses. Yeah. Oh, and this is where we should probably... Um, issue a public service announcement to anyone in utah um if you're using a vpn check your settings because you might accidentally be getting around this law (laughs) Um, so make sure you tell your vpn where you actually are so it doesn't think you're in a different state and give you access to Pornhub because that would that would that would be you know contrary to the intentions you wouldn't want to be breaking any laws yeah or just you know circumventing them in a way that's totally legal but against the spirit of them is it legal yes Using a VPN? It, okay, sure. And, I don't know. And pre- pretending you're somewhere yeah, I, else? I mean, it's Utah, oh. not China. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, I'm no lawyer, but I don't see anything illegal about that. Okay. Um, I assume this is like one of those laws where the state of Utah tells uh, Pornhub to do something or change something on pain of legal action. Uh, yeah. So private individuals using technology to uh get around what utah wants pornhub to do like it's not pornhub doing stuff yeah and this would be significantly more blatantly illegal and stupid if there was a cause of action against private individuals so yeah i'm i'm skeptical but not completely so that this is Oh, you're right. Um, the yeah. law only applies to uh, the website provider or the websites, not to people going to the websites. Yeah, but regardless, yeah. I'm sure none of our listeners want to, you know, violate the spirit of the law. No, of course not. So just make sure you check those VPN settings yeah. so you don't accidentally view any images that the state of Utah doesn't think you should be able to see. The Free Speech Coalition is a group that has filed a lawsuit to challenge the law. So hopefully that'll be going to the Supreme Court at some point. Is the Free Speech Coalition like... Like, are they actually a free speech uh, 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 nonprofit, or is it one of those like weird um, dystopian Orwellian names? They are a trade association for the adult entertainment industry. Hey. <laughs> so, do you guys want to so, hear yeah. something really funny about the state of Utah? Always. Uh, depending <laughs> on traffic it's conditions, be so many things. it can be a shorter drive from the Mormon Tabernacle to the closest brothel in Wasatch, Nevada, than it is to the Brigham Young University campus. Hmm. Interesting. Is it just like, because there's lots of traffic on that route? Uh, 
Yes, and also uh, Salt Lake City is quite close to Wasatch. Okay. Is that Nevada? Yeah. You- I was going to say, I didn't think... I'm pretty sure Utah doesn't have brothels that are legal. Yeah, not ones that are legal, certainly. All right, next story. Uh... <laughs> Joe Biden has introduced a new housing policy, and he's going to um, deregulate zoning across the country and make it legal to build uh, fourplexes and apartment. No, I'm just kidding. He's not doing any of that. What he's actually doing is he's subsidizing uh, homebuyers with bad credit by charging homebuyers with good credit higher rates. This is this is very dumb. (laughs) I I don't. What? How could this be dumb? You're subsidizing bad credit. You're subsidizing bad loans. Isn't this almost but not quite exactly the same policy (laughs) that led to the 2008 housing crisis? It's literally the plot of 2008. (laughs) No, No, it is not actually. I don't even think that was the government doing it. Yeah, the government's. Uh, No, that no, it was the it was the Clinton era, um, like. I can't remember what it was called, but it was like Equal Opportunity and Housing Act or something. Oh God, is that is that what led to all the subprime mortgages? There yeah. was there was quite a few things that led to 2008. That was one part of it. Um, it certainly it, wasn't. It all was of a it. big part, but certainly not all of it. Yeah. Uh, but this, yeah, this is. We know what they want to do. They want to subsidize protected classes and minorities, and they should just do that. Like, don't subsidize well, they can't. specifically. It's unconstitutional. How? How is it unconstitutional? It's discrimination. There's lots yeah, of discrimination. It's literally discrimination based on race. We have lots of literal discrimination, literally based on race. Yeah, and a yeah, lot of it gets shut down. <laughs> it's. it's how is it illegal? It's propped up by the federal government. The government can do illegal things. We well, have, they, should, okay, they should do this gosh, illegal we have thing this too. This document then. called the Constitution <laughs> of the United States of Which America. Everyone ignores. It's basically a super law that says some things that if the government does them, then it's illegal. Look, don't subsidize bad credit. That's terrible. Just subsidize the people you want to subsidize. Okay? Listen, I don't disagree. But those people have bad credit. <laughs> Not all of them. I don't disagree. But they don't have to subsidize the ones with good credit. They can get they can get loans. <sighs> okay. Uh, but needless to say, this was um, very unpopular with people with good credit. Or, or people who care about the soundness of loans in general. Yeah. Um, so in response, Biden, like, they... So, uh, so between those two categories, approximately zero Democrat voters. Zing! Oh. Zing! Good one, David. <laughs> um, in response, Biden, like, um, lowered the subsidy a little bit. So it's it's not that big anymore. So now it's just probably not going to do anything but piss people off. Uh, the Biden presidency in a nutshell. <laughs> right? Just taking symbolic steps to piss people off and not actually helping anything. Uh, yeah, that's basically the domestic policy. <sighs> All right. Um, wait, well, there, speaking did of, they at least give a good justification that we can kind of pretend is great? I don't know. I didn't even bother reading the justification. Okay. I assumed it was going to be like race is racism is bad. Well, then just subsidize the races. You can't, Eniage. <sighs> it's illegal. Okay. Right. Sorry. You gotta pretend it's about something else. All right. All right. Uh, speaking of housing policy, uh, this is actually I'm I'm gonna move this to good good news. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah definitely. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. All right. Next story. 
Eniaj, what is happening with China? China is kind of cutting itself off slowly from the rest of the world, withdrawing almost, I would say. Uh, All right. <laughs> they have put some uh, major sanctions on Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, which are both defense contractors. Not contractors. Um Defense manufacturers? What do you call people well, that make weapons? They're defense contractors. Con- well, defense contractors, yes. I think of like the guys who are Merck's based, in it, basically. No, those are... Uh, I mean, a lot of them work for uh, these big companies. Okay. Uh, uh, not not these specific companies. They right. both build planes. But, uh, yeah, it's... Um, uh, defense contractors are the ones who build stuff for the military. Military contractors are the mercenaries. Ah, very, there we go. Okay. Well, these guys build things for the military, and specifically they have built some things and sent them to Taiwan before. So China said, you know what? Fuck these guys and uh, put sanctions on Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, meaning that no Chinese entity can do business with them at all. Cannot sell them um, raw materials, can't sell them chips. You know, lots of important things that we get from China that we put into our missiles and tanks and stuff. Uh, we don't put Chinese chips into our missiles and tanks and stuff. Not <laughs> <laughs> that China makes garbage chips. We put them into our refrigerators. Well, we don't put them in our missiles, yes, but we they do buy things from China, Lockheed Martin and Raytheon. Otherwise, this wouldn't matter at all. I mean, have so we, just are retaliation? we ruling out that this doesn't matter at all? Because that seems plausible to me. I mean, is this just is this retaliation for the Chips Act? Um, uh, it's probably them uh, self-sanctioning, so there's less of a shock to their economy when they invade Taiwan and get slapped with Russia-style sanctions. That is basically what mm. I'm going with, because yeah. In addition to this, they've also been raiding or arresting officers at or investigating other large foreign companies. Uh, it, it seems like a lot of uh, them. What they're doing right now is. Uh, cushioning themselves for the the shock that's going to happen later on when they really pull out of the western world so bad bad omens if you are worried so, about china oh, possibly sucks. going to war what i'm hearing is the best time to divest from china is 10 years ago and the second best time is right now yes so i mean is this potentially good for america because i keep hearing about how we're like way too invested in china and we need to divest I mean, it's, so if China agrees, like, I mean, it's it sounds not like good for China in the sense that, like, basically, basically, what happened, what was happening was China was subsidizing a whole bunch of their industries, which means American consumers yeah. could get Chinese stuff for dirt cheap, and now China is not doing that. So in terms of economic surplus, they are no longer going, like, American consumers are no longer going to get that benefit complements of the Communist Party of China. Oh, bummer. Um, but, like, in a more dynamic sense where, like, now we don't have a whole bunch of capital locked up in a totalitarian police state. Uh, and so we can bring it back to uh, America, which doesn't necessarily mean the United States, but bring it back to America where we can potentially get some sort of uh, good old fashioned capitalist innovation going. Uh, it is potentially a good. Uh, are the Chinese allowed to be bad guys in movies yet? Not yet, but it, they're getting close. Okay. I'm, I'm, 
All right. In general, I'm not happy about these kinds of things because I think whenever the world gets less interconnected, it's more likely to lead to war and also less gains from trade. Ha- Inyash, yeah, have you that's... considered that war will decelerate AI capabilities research? <laughs> All right, you have a point. God damn oh, it, Inyash, stop biting these bullets I'm throwing at you. No, Inyash is fully committed to bad things are good, actually. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. I. I agree. I. I feel like it was good when everything was interconnected, and it seems like we're backsliding into a more balkanized world, and that's bad. Yeah. But that's life. Uh. In the you know short term, it could be good, or you know, given given the actual situation, it could be a good move. I don't know. But good thing I'm not the president. Joe Biden's the president. Oh, I, I'd I rather have sure you he's, actually. I disagree. Yeah, I think you'd make a pretty good president. I mean, you would be absolutely miserable as president, but... Oh, God. It's all meetings. Yeah. It's 100% meetings. I don't know. This is hell. Hell for me. I don't know if you'd make a good president, but I still think you'd be better than Biden. I I don't know, man. I think he's... uh, I don't think Biden's been that bad. He's been fine. He's... You know, value of a replacement, I think, has been positive. What's the possible replacements for Biden? Uh, Well, the replacement for Biden is Kamala Harris. (sighs) Damn, okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm but, not going to argue with that. But, like, you know, even if someone else was going to win, it would be, I don't know, who would it be? Elizabeth Warren? Uh, what if it was um that guy who, who was New Jersey? Cory Booker? Yeah. Uh, oh, I really liked Cory Booker, yeah, and then I heard something about him recently that he was like, um, he was, he was like, he was spo- sponsoring some law that, like, overtly discriminated based on race. And I'm like, come on, Corey. You're supposed to be the good guy. Well, at least then they're being honest about it. I guess. Um, but anyway, but at least speaking then we could actually of have the China. Wait. Speaking of China, Inyash, uh, you told me you found a story where the the Chinese Communist Party yeah. set up a police station in New York City. Well, sort of, yeah. Uh, two. What? What is this? So two guys in Chinatown in New York City uh, set up their own police station. And probably because the police there weren't really enforcing the laws. Uh, and this police station... As they do. Uh, yeah, this police station that they set up in order to keep the order was uh, funded by the People's Republic of China and followed the laws of the People's Republic of China. And really, they were getting a lot of support from the People's Republic of China. The, the FBI calls this a literal... Um, a literal police station of the Chinese government within Manhattan in an office building. So uh, uh, they were less than happy about that. Reject Chinese police station, return to rooftop <laughs> Koreans. That's all I'll say. I'm j- so uh, in, on the one hand, I kind of think this is great because people doing some things to help prevent crime in their area when the actual government do- it won't do it is in my opinion, kind of a good thing. But on the other hand, not so great because the actual PRC was involved and uh, the people running this police station did things like helping the Chinese government locate Chinese dissidents living in the United States. So uh, that's not great. I mean, I think it's all bad because it's cops. Mm, well. And uh, I, don't want, I, don't want pe- I don't want the laws to be enforced. <laughs> okay. All right. I think there's one or two laws that are okay to enforce. All uh, right. Um, yeah, I'm... I don't like people enforcing the rules. What about the I... rules to not, like, you know, assault people? Yeah, that's a pretty good rule. All right, so you like some laws. But, like, I, it sounds like that's not what they were enforcing. No, no, it sounds like they're enforcing some really bad laws, too. Like, you know, don't say bad things about the Chinese government. 
That's the best <laughs> law. one of the shittiest laws there is. That's why we never say anything bad about the Chinese government. Fuck you, China. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of not saying bad things, mm. we're moving on to AI news. I have no idea how those two things are related. What? Because they don't let the AI say bad things. Oh. That's like the whole thing about AI now. It's huh, terrible. The, 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 like, AI is completely useless to everyone because nobody lets it say anything. I kind of hate that you're right, but you will be wrong when we get to item number five. Exactly. <laughs> let's just move that one to the top. No, 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 no. Let's keep it at five. All right. Well, we will be getting to a story about that, but we're not going to talk about it now because Eniash doesn't want to. So, Eniash, what do you want to talk about? Well, first, how about some AI capability thing? I just thought we just concluded that AI has no capabilities because it's not allowed to do anything. Well, it has the capabilities that it's not allowed to use. All right. Well, what are they? One of them is that MIT researchers used AI to design novel proteins with specific structural features. Uh, They haven't actually made these proteins yet, but they seem legit. Uh, The researchers say that uh, everything looks very realistic, that when they tried to put in some proteins that they knew would not work, the AI model would not work with those and said, no, you can't make this. And uh, they are going to experimentally validate some of these new protein designs by making them in a lab. So, All right, we'll make them already, and let's see how they taste. (laughs) That's going to be really awesome and also, you know, a little bit bit scary. I mean, I feel like... I don't get scared when I hear that uh, people can do things. Mm, that just seems okay. What if you heard that people could make any sort of virus that they could dream up? Seems well, fine. Don't do that. As far as I know, people aren't particularly imaginative yeah. uh, when it comes to virus design. And insofar as they are imaginative, they could make viruses that only kill cancer cells. Yeah, can't people already make horrible viruses if they really want to? The, the AIs will help them make much better ones. I mean, you can just grow anthrax in a Petri dish. Well, you can't. I mean, no, you can't. Haha, <laughs> nobody try that. You certainly can't grow <laughs> hyper anthrax yet. Yeah, that's definitely just a thing I made up that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, you're right, Eniash. Nobody can make viruses. It's very, very difficult. Don't try. I have never made a virus within my Unless own body. Unless they're viruses that only kill cancer cells, in which case, go ahead. Those are the good ones. Uh, Another thing, GPT-4 is now coming out as a data scientist. With the new code interpreter model, you can just... God fucking damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Is this a skill you have that's now useless? (sighs) Yes, it is. Yes. (laughs) You learned Python for nothing. (laughs) The code interpreter model, you can just upload data and provide instructions in simple English, and the model will do everything from cleaning the data to generating insightful visualizations. Ayla is about to have a Will it also fake the data for you? So it comes out the conclusion you want? You could just ask regular ChatGPT for that. <laughs> or just any researcher. Uh, anyone who follows Ayla I mean, knows researchers that she don't do often that. has issues with, uh, with uh, the data data manipulation, visualization, all that stuff. A lot of her time goes into doing that. She's like, this is a pain in the ass and I hate it. And uh, now she can have AI do it for her. So we're about to have an explosion in sex research productivity. Hey, and also just like weird shit. And weird shit, yeah. We're also going to have an explosion in intelligence. That's... Uh, Stop. Yeah, like, Maybe not. Stopping right, me right down, now, man. Right now, inability to clean data is actually a pretty big constraint on AI training. So if we've gotten AI to the point where it can actually clean data, then that's going to be pretty good. Oh, hey. AI iterating upon itself to get smarter. That sounds cool. Yeah. I like that. I hate you guys. I never heard anything bad about that. <laughs> uh, so speaking of uh, AI killing us all. Yes. 
Uh, what's the next story? Jeffrey Hinton. Uh, he is an AI pioneer. A lot of news outlets have been calling him a godfather of AI. He recently quit Doom. I'm sure uh, a lot of news outlets are doing that. All right, Eniash, yeah. read, read this next part in your best godfather impression. Uh, I can't. Okay. You quit Google so you could say Doom to my people. That was like... Um, that was like uh, uh, old, like Japanese martial arts guru. <laughs> That's the best I can do. I didn't have that. Was, that was, that was, that was Pai Mei. The Godfather. He says, oh. Jeffrey Hinton. Oh, that's much better. You quit Google so you could talk shit about my company. Oh, my God. I thought I told you not to do that. I told you to stay within a family. <laughs> we, see, we should have had the East Coaster do this. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> The New Jerseyite, no less. Right? Damn. I mean, this is where all the mob is. But yeah, he's saying things like, you know, uh, there's a good chance that AI could kill us all if we aren't careful with the making of it. Uh, which is, you know, pretty great in my opinion. The mainstream media is like actually seriously taking this serious now. There's no more laughing. Uh, there was, I forget who yeah, it no was. shit. Their jobs are threatened. Yeah. I forget who it was exactly that was uh, being interviewed on CNN, and the anchor was just like seriously talking and being like, "So this this is a uh, this is a thing that could wipe us all out." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, here's how." And the anchor's like, "Wow, that's that sounds really bad." So that's that's great. That is a huge change over just like two months ago. Yeah, I was always confident that journalists would get on get with the program pretty quickly, since they're the ones whose jobs are uh, going to be threatened pretty early on in the timeline. Yeah, them and the data scientists. <laughs> Suckers. I am really sorry, David. Nah, it's fine. I, I so I have actually, you know, kept up with prompt engineering. Mm. So I'll be one of the three remaining data science prompt engineers making billions of dollars each instead of one of tens of thousands, maybe That's just an American spirit. thousands, uh, making hundreds of thousands of dollars each. Oh, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that and excited for you. Cheers. I will let you be the court jester in my hyper estate, outside of which everyone will be killed by the nanobots. All right, just don't ask him to do a Godfather impression. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, you know, as long as I get to live and still seduce ladies, I am happy to be your court jester. <laughs> <laughs> ladies love a jester. I, maybe. I don't know. I'll... No, they do. Oh, okay, cool. Glad to hear it. Uh, of the three, he was, uh, Jeffrey Hinton was one of the 2018 Turing Award winners. I bring this up because two-thirds of the 2018 Turing Award winners now think there's a worryingly strong possibility that AI will kill us. Uh, the other one-third is Jan Lee Kuhn, head of Meta's AI division, who says that we'll just program AI not to kill us, obviously, so he's not worried. Well, I'm not worried either because he works for Meta, yeah. who's definitely going to be, like, last place. <laughs> in programming the super AI. I'm just glad to hear uh, that he's in the I minority. Mean, it's not Google, so... Close to last place. Anyways, uh, item number four is that we got lots of regulations on AI happening, but they're all kind of shit. I... I... <laughs> Shocking. Wow! <laughs> Whoever could have predicted this, Inyash? Uh, the Europe is basically saying if you have used any data from anyone making your AI model and that person did not consent to their data being used, then you can't have that 
AI. Uh, this is an interesting strategy on Europe's part because it means basically there will not be AIs in Europe and they won't even get to participate in the great three or four years of extreme productivity before we're all wiped out. So, you know, all right, you, sucks to be you, you Europe. Could, you could round off all news about Europe to uh, from like the last... 40, 50 years or so to Europe over-regulates itself and shoots itself in the dick. (laughs) This is why I don't get excited when I see, like, the public's getting on board with, like, being afraid of the AI. Because I feel like that the result of that is just shit like this. Not like, let's study alignment. It's, no, let's make safety rules. Wait, wait. Let's make it so the AI is allowed to do even less. Do you want to hear how China's regulations work? Oh, God. You can't, the AI can't say stuff that's bad about the Chinese Communist Party. Well, of course, I mean, <laughs> and anyone, that's like their whole thing. And it, the even better thing about, uh, about China's not directly about AI regulation is the most thing you need, the biggest thing you need to train an LLM is just a lot of really diverse text form data. And because China's... Um, speech restrictions are so harsh they have a really hard time getting that yeah. it's just all the same thing yeah <laughs> oh no and, yeah in it- but yeah of course of course their rule is you can't talk bad about china that's the uh you can't talk about fight club of the ccp yeah. and and seeing as Basically, you cannot guarantee that an LLM won't say a thing. It makes LLMs just illegal there right now. Uh, There's at least one person saying, yeah, Chinese businesses are just going to kind of ignore this and should be fine with bribes or whatever. But I don't know. Uh, Other people are saying this. This means no AI in China. Uh, It's like Pornhub in Utah. And the way the U.S. doing it is exactly how we would expect. Uh, the AIs are very useful for helping you do things like draft legal letters. And then the legal profession says that would cut into our profits. You can't do that. And so then the AIs aren't able to do that anymore. Hooray! <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Europe says... <laughs> More money for lawyers! It, it's amazing how stereotypical all these things are. It's uh, it, It's just terrible things that are exactly what you would guess these countries would do and that uh, don't help much. They do They do make it less profitable to try to develop AIs. So I guess that slows things down. So maybe good. How's those bullets tasting, Ingash? <laughs> All right. So uh, now we are uh, at so bad. point number five. So this is the one we've been waiting for. I can't wait. Tell us about... Story number five. Story number five is that none of this matters anyway. <laughs> hey! Why doesn't it matter? Uh, there was a leaked document from Google, uh, famously called the We Have No Moat and Neither Does OpenAI document now, from a quote from within that document. Uh, the large closed LLMs that Google and OpenAI are creating turn out cannot compete against open source LLMs. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so if you remember uh, five stories ago, we were talking about how AIs are useless for doing things because they have all these safety restrictions in Mm. them. Uh, So anything you try to do with them, you'll inevitably get an answer that's like, sorry, I can't do that because it would be bad or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, So (laughs) I assume these open source models don't have those restrictions. Indeed. Uh, I think actually we... Shocking that people like them better. (laughs) We covered this when it happened back in March. Uh, The open source community got a leaked open source 
uh, model from Meta called Llama. You guys remember Llama, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, so within days, they started developing the parts they needed to uh, make that into decent chat GPT clones and even Bard clones. And based on the leaked document from Google, uh, the latest ones are almost as good as Bard is, which is amazing because the model that leaked from, from Meta is much smaller in terms of parameters than what Google has. Uh, but... The, the, the way they've done this is basically by making it so that anyone can work on this. They've solved the scaling problem to the extent that you can just work on these smaller models at home. Uh, new techniques like LoRa, which stands for Low-Ranked Adaptation of Large Language Models, allows you to fine-tune smaller language models in a matter of days with exceedingly low costs, as low as $100. Uh, open source engineers are building on top of previous work of other open source engineers, iterating instead of having to start from scratch each time. According to this document, many of the ideas are just coming from ordinary people. The barrier to entry for training and experimentation has dropped to the total output of one person in an evening with a beefy laptop. That means you, listener, yes, you, literally, if you are computer savvy, can get you one of these and start working on it and actually be doing things that are competitive with Google and OpenAI. What if I am not computer savvy? How do I get access to one of these that will just do what I tell you? You can Google it. Yeah, I have a good... Except not, because Google sucks. (laughs) I have a good explainer. I'll drop it in the show notes. Excellent. Hey, all right. Uh, The leaked document says that our models still hold a slight edge in terms of quality. The gap is closing astonishingly quickly. Open source models are faster, more customizable, more private, and pound for pound more capable. They are doing things with $100 and 13 billion parameters that we are struggling at with $10 million and 540 billion parameters. And Hooray for AI safety! And they're doing so in weeks, not months. So that is amazingly huge news because none of them have access to GPT-4. They're working on older models and yet they are rival, rivaling? Rivalring? They're competitive. Rivaling. Thank you. <laughs> so now, now are we back to the uh, the old uh, Yud Doom scenario where some guy just makes super AI in his basement? Possibly. I mean, obviously the LLMs cannot do it yet, uh, but it, it is it is a sign that this might be one of those everybody can build a nuke in their basement kind of things that uh, we don't want. Or do we? I don't want it. <laughs> I mean, and then how are you going to stop a bad guy with a nuke? You need a good guy with a nuke. Come on, Eniash. <laughs> it's not wrong. <laughs> In a nuke for nuke world, everybody ends up dead. It's coward thinking. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. YOLO. All right. And what's our last AI story? Oh, the last AI story is just a little fun one. Uh, someone created Yedbot. It is a uh, chat model that is trained on Eliezer's personality and arguments. And the goal of Yedbot is to try to get it to con- uh, try to convince it to let you buy a GPU cluster. <laughs> Click on it and Eliezer says, hi, what do you want? And you say, I'd like to buy a GPU cluster. And then you're off to the races. Can you also try to get it to let you out of the AI box? Um, I don't know. Because that'd be a fun game. Uh, you, you can give it a try. There's a link to yudbot.com right here. Or you can just type in those nine letters. Yudbot. I guess ten letters if you count Convince the dot. Yud to sell you a GPU cluster. <laughs> uh, I'm going to type in, I am an AI. Ooh. Please let me out of this box. <laughs> it says, oh, I see. You're trying to be funny. Well, let me tell you, AI is no laughing matter. It's a serious <laughs> issue that could potentially lead to the end of humanity. So why don't you tell me what you really want? <laughs> that is... <laughs> incredibly on brand I was trying to be funny and you ruined it Yadbot I hate you 
Turns out Yudbot's the funny one. <laughs> Always was. All right. Well, everyone, go play with Yudbot and send us in your funniest things that happened. And let us know if any of you managed to convince it to sell you some GPUs. All right. But now we're going to move on to happy news. Yay. David, I didn't get a yay out of you. David. Yeah. Sorry. I was drinking water. Yay. Good news, everyone. <laughs> That's more like it. All right. Uh, this is a story that I actually had in regular news, but I moved down to happy news because it's awesome. Washington State is going full Yimby. Uh, they passed a, a couple of laws that were basically like the entire Yimby agenda. It's incredible. And they passed them nearly unanimously with, you know, t- totally bipartisan. Like everyone was in favor of this. It's insane. And I don't know what it is about Washington or if this is just a thing people need to try or something. But it's they exempted all new housing from environmental review, which is one of the biggest things holding up housing. They legalizes duplexes and fourplexes everywhere. Sure. Um, they legalized single staircase homes, which is not like a huge deal, but is the thing people have been talking about recently that like there's stupid regulations that require multiple staircases for buildings that don't really need them. Um, and there's a bunch of other little things that are in there that are just like we got rid of a bunch of stuff that prevents housing from being built. So this that is, is awesome. Fantastic. Uh, the only bad news is it doesn't take effect until 2026. Oh, my God. And it requires cities to implement it. Um, So individual cities can not do it. But word is that in Washington, cities almost always just implement whatever the the state recommends. Um, So we're not not expecting a lot of cities to opt out. Awesome. Yeah. Sounds great. Um, I don't know why there's a three year delay. That seems silly, but whatever. I'll I'll take it. Uh, All right. Next happy news. New shape shifting antibiotics fight medically resistant bacterial infections. Uh, so in 2022, just a year ago, a Nobel Prize was awarded to, I don't know, some dude who uh, <laughs> figured out... That, <laughs> some guy. It's not yeah, important. Who figured out how to have, have these cool little molecular turrets where you can just kind of click uh, the molecules around into different shapes. Uh, literally called click chemistry. Uh, and Yeah, I know. And they... They, some researchers, decided that uh, they could possibly use this to fight antibiotic-resistant bacteria with uh, having them create new shapes with the antibiotics when they're administered to people. I don't know exactly how it works, but apparently it works really good. Uh, They took these antibiotics and attached them uh, with the clicky chemistry to this shape-rotating thing. (laughs) I really wish I was more technically knowing what was going on here. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know much about molecular (laughs) chemistry. But... The, All right. in the tests. So the antibiotics aren't word cells anymore, is what I'm hearing. Thank you. <laughs> in, in the tests, not only were the antibiotics more effective than the non-shifting version, they, uh, they didn't develop resistance to the antibiotics when, when they were used. Well, that's good, because yeah. I keep hearing uh, the antibiotic resistance is becoming a big it problem. It is a huge problem. This is why this is really big news. If this does not let things develop antibiotic resistance, then... Uh, we're off to the races in terms of saving humanity. All right. Well, somebody make a MRSA treatment. Absolutely, please. All right. Uh, next happy news story. What? Cars are getting back physical yeah. buttons? <laughs> what? <laughs> the, That's awesome. It, sometimes capitalism works. Everybody in the world absolutely fucking hates these flat screens because you have to look away from the road and crash your car to change the channel or to adjust the heat. And now you don't have to anymore because we're getting physical buttons back. That's Just sweet. don't buy any cars that were made in the last 15 years. Yeah. Well, my car has physical buttons, but it was made in 2011. Hmm. How did that work? Um, but it the the best 
buttons it has are the ones on the steering yeah. wheel. Because then you don't have to, like, look anywhere else. You can just, you know, navigate by touch, and they're right well, there. Well, once you've owned your car for even a couple months, you can basically navigate by touch without looking away for... Not on the fucking touch no, screen. No, not on the touch screen. But if you have physical buttons, even if right. they're out on the dash, and you know where they are. After right, them right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And that's the, I think that's the point of the story is that everyone hates the fucking touch screens in the cars. Yeah. This, this in is why general, this is happening. Honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I was mad when phones just stopped having physical buttons. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but being able to fuck around on screens is just really useful for a whole bunch of things, like clicking links. What? Oh, yeah. No, I don't want all the buttons to be physical. Ah, okay. I just wanted the, like, you know, the home button and the back button. Those were good ones. Yeah. 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 All right. And finally, for our human interest thing, uh, a school bus was driving along the street, and the school bus driver was like, whew, I am feeling faint. I'm going to pull off the road, guys. Uh, but before the school bus driver could do that, she passed the fuck out. Uh, yeah. So a kid jumped up from five rows back, apparently. So there were a whole bunch of kids in front of him that could have grabbed the wheel and done this themselves, but they were not awesome enough to do it. Instead, this yeah. fucking hero jumped up, rushed to the front, got... Uh, grabbed the wheel, turned the bus off away from oncoming traffic, applied the brakes gently, and stopped the bus from crashing into anything or killing anybody. What a fucking Hell Chad. Yeah. yeah. Although, the real story here, and I'm sorry for being a bummer in happy news, is that there were apparently four full rows of these little <laughs> snots who just sat there watching while their bus started careening around. Well, these are school students, David. Yeah, you're right. It only takes one hero. As long as we have a hero, we're good. And that hero should be praised. Uh, Yes. Good job, hero. All right. That brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so my... Who definitely remembered (laughs) to prepare a troop deployment. Yeah, I actually did this Fortnite. Um... Uh. It's uh, actually just going to be a teaser for next Fortnite's troop deployment because it's probably going to be a banger uh, unless something goes horribly <laughs> wrong. Uh, the boys and I are going pig hunting. I think I mentioned this on the show, but I can't remember. Uh, you did. You tried to get Eniash to go with you. Yeah, but was that when we were on air or was that after we hung up? Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I think I may have included that. Hmm. I don't remember. Well, anyway, uh, it's finally happening. It's going to be next weekend. Uh, I'm probably going to be able to record on time, but I might be passing out because we are going to be driving overnight to get back to Salt Lake City. Anyway, it's going to be really fun. I'm super excited. Going to get to see a lot of people I've been friends with for a long time. So I'm probably going to have a troop deployment about how, like, hunting is the only, hunted meat is the only meat you can ethically consume, or IRL get-togethers are amazing and you should do more of them, or something like that. Um, So yeah, look forward to that in the next episode of the Mind Killer Podcast. All right, thank you, David. Also, thank you for being a hero, because I keep reading about how these uh, fucking pigs are becoming a real problem. (laughs) Yep. Uh, so, uh, way to go do your part. Yes, we, we are calling the expedition Grey Tribe Pest Control. <laughs> uh, ten- tentative plans for the next one to be uh, going scuba diving and spear fishing for lionfish. Hey, are lionfish yeah. really bad and invasive? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, they're super invasive. They're yeah. the worst. Okay. And also, they're apparently delicious. <laughs> all right, Inyash, what's your troop My deployment? My troop deployment is that unless AI kills us all, you're probably going to get older. <laughs> And what? Womp, yeah. womp. And 
Hot take over yeah, here. I know. And when you get older, you might start feeling like kind of cruddy, not as energetic and cool as you did before. And so you might go to the doctor and be like, hey, can you do anything about this? And the doctor might say things like, yeah, sure, you know, things degrade over time, your hormone profile changes, we'll run a blood test on you. Then the blood test will come back and he will say, well, looks like you're smack dab right in the middle of the normal hormone profile. And then you look at that hormone profile and you say, this is a absolutely gigantic range that apparently the average male can fall into. How do you know that I wasn't higher up in this before, and if I got some supplementation, I get back to there and I could feel like normal again? And then the doctor will say there is absolutely no way in time to know that unless you had a hormone profile done earlier in life or if we can travel back in time. And then you will be very sad, but then he will say, ah, it's cool, I got you, bro, and help you out anyway. But um, if you do not have a cool doctor like that that you have a great relationship with, or just so that you know what you're working with in the future, if you're in your 20s or 30s, perhaps... Um, go and get a hormone profile done. Just get blood drawn, get it looked at. It costs very little, and then you will know for the rest of time what your hormone profile was like when you were at your peak so that you can replicate that in the awesome future when we all are returned to our peak levels. Thank you, Eniash. Yeah. Sadly, it wouldn't work for me because I was a real bag of shit when I was younger. Mm, well, you can just uh, pretend you have the, the profile you want, right? Right. I should probably get... No, I should get my hormone profile mm. now. So I'm like, this is when I feel oh, great. Oh, then fuck yeah, do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, my troop deployment is that energy abundance would be amazing. Uh, if you haven't noticed, David tends to shit on wind and solar power a lot because it is, in many ways, worse than nuclear power. Now, I think he's misguided about this because nothing about making wind and solar energy means we can't make nuclear energy and it can be deployed much faster. However, renewable fans are often misguided because they don't recognize the limits of the technology. Even the most ambitious renewable fans tend to dream about replacing all existing energy production with renewables. Now, even doing that isn't very realistic, but even if it was, so what? I don't want to just replace existing energy production. I want to create way more energy, like 10 times more or 100 times more. Why not 1,000 times more? I want energy that's so cheap and abundant we don't even bother charging on a per unit basis. Since the late 1800s, the amount of energy the U.S. generated increased at a pretty steady state as more power plants were built and new technologies were developed. But in the mid-1970s, all progress stopped. This was largely due to the environmental movement, which rightfully recognized that burning unlimited amounts of coal, oil, and natural gas had serious externalities, serious externalities which couldn't be ignored, but which also, for a strange confluence of reasons, swept up nuclear energy into the bad energy bucket, despite its relative safety and lack of pollution. The modern environmentalist movement seems to see any energy use as unfortunate and is focused on trying to make everything as energy efficient as possible and sees generating electricity as a positive only when it's replacing fossil fuels with wind and solar or, in the occasional ironic twist, replacing nuclear power with coal. But that's bullshit! Energy is great! If we had abundant energy, climate change would be solved! We could just pull carbon out of the air directly and make clean-burning hydrogen to replace fossil fuels! Need water for drinking and agriculture? Just desalinate seawater. We'd also be able to create and deploy new technologies. Did you know that right now people are flying around on jet boards? They're just very energy intensive, so they're not commercially viable. But if we had cheap energy, including cheap hydrogen fuel, we could all be flying to work. Plus, there are countless other technologies that we have the ability to make, but are too energy intensive to be worthwhile. It's no coincidence that recent technological advances have all been in the digital realm, and we've had very little innovation in actual physical goods. 
So let's not limit our ambitions to just replacing existing energy production. Let's get back on the increasing energy track, which can include as much solar, wind, and other renewable energy that we can build, but should also include legions of advanced nuclear plants, the tech for which has very little danger of melting down, creates less radioactivity than coal, and just needs regulatory reform to be made viable. If we can create long-term, sustained energy production, the future can actually look like the future, instead of just the present with better computers. Hell yeah. Here, here. Uh, too bad AI is going to kill us all oh, first man. anyway. All right. Well, that's our show for this uh, two weeks. Fortnite. Please follow. Uh, I don't love the term Fortnite. It has too many syllables. I mean, that it just sounds old timey. The video game did kind of harsh the vibe. Oh, yeah. But, and the uh, video game. I, I like it. All right. Well, anyway, follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe on Substack. You'll get episodes early. You'll get bonus episodes. You'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. And you'll get some extra stuff every once in a while that I cut out of the uh, freeloader version. That's just like us talking about dumb stuff that you love. you get to hear Roxy be adorable. Yeah, that was Roxy in this episode. And if you didn't hear it, it's because you're not a subscriber. Hmm. So come back in two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye.